searching for possessions, for, for pleasure, for power and recognition and for, for purpose. And watch this, and for comfort and ease. We, we just want everything to be easy street. Oh, if I work enough hours, I'm, uh, my pension going to be fat. Won't spend time with the kids. Won't go to church because you're building up for your pension. And how many stories have I heard where people have pensions that they never enjoyed? They stored up. The Bible says, store up your treasures in heaven where moth nor rust can come in and steal it from you. Store it in heaven. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose his soul? You've done all that work, never gave God anything. Never gave him no time, never gave him your talent, never gave him of your treasures, never shared your testimony that God is good and his mercy is everlasting. Why? Because we're driven many times by our pleasure principles rather than the principles of God's word. Jesus came that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Abundantly does not just mean more. <laughs> it means ample supply. So when we're talking about we're rich in the spirit of God, that means ample supply. It, it, are you ever at a point where, where I have enough? I have enough. I have enough that I can give something away ample supply. He says, I want you to have life and have it to the full. The enemy comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. That means have enough. Ample supply. It's amazing in the Old Testament when they were building the tabernacle, when they left Egypt, they, they left with gold and silver and all kind of supplies. And, and when they, they were building the, the tabernacle, they, they, they asked people to come and give. And all of a sudden, the people brought so much that Moses said, oh, y'all can stop giving. Y'all done brought enough. I, I wish I had that problem. That, wouldn't, wouldn't that be a good problem to have in church that folks give so much that you say, you know what, y'all ain't got to give for the next month. God has been good, y'all. God has been good. But no, that, that ain't happening. Just going to keep it real. <laughs> the materialists whose sights were set upon possessions and pleasure and, and comfort. So they didn't want Jesus. They just wanted him to fill their bellies. You know, it's like those folks who you take out to eat and you keep taking them out to eat, they never take you. <laughs> Hello. Not only the materialists refused him, but the legalists refused him. The legalists refused him. In verses 28 and 29 it says, Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one who is sent. In other words, they, they were torn between works and grace. They said, well, well, what is it that we can do? 
What type of works can we do that we might be able to attain this? What, 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 what hoops do we have to jump through in order that we can attain this? To get this food, what, just tell us what to do. Where do we swipe our card at? Where, where, where do we sign on and, 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 and put in our card information? That Where, where do we, we put something in in order that we can get out? They were looking for something filled with works. In other words, they, they were looking for formulas. See, and there are people, they want their soul satisfied. They're looking for peace. They're looking for satisfaction. They're, they're, they're looking for comfort in their life, and you think it's, it's about working more. You think it's about doing more in your life. And God, Jesus is saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to force you into a bunch of rules. I just want to have a relationship with you. I just simply want to have a relationship with you. The Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, its righteousness, and all other things shall be added unto you. If you seek him first, he says, I, I just want to have a relationship with you and not give you a bunch of rules. In other words, you can't earn this. What I have to offer you, what I, this great offer that I'm, I have for you, you can't get this off of HSN. You can't get this from QVC. You can't order this off of Amazon. You cannot earn this. You cannot buy this. This is something you must believe. You got to believe this. Matter of fact, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 says, For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work, so that no man can boast. Because you know we'll find those things that we're good at. <laughs> and we, 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 we want people to recognize, you, you know I came to church at least um, 10 Sundays out the year. God, you ate at least do this for me. He said, I, I never want you to put it on, on something you did. I'll put it on me. Isn't that amazing that God says, what, whatever is going to come to you, it's not because of something you do or don't do. It's all because I'm going to give it to you. It's based upon my reputation. It's based upon what I have done. All you have to do is simply believe. And it blows me away with, with sometimes with church people because church folk like rules. You go into churches and you walk in and on every door they got turn this off, turn the cell phone off. And I thought about doing that. You know, turn this off and um, don't walk in while someone is praying. Don't do this. And it's all these rules, all these do's and all these don'ts. And, and there are some of us, we love rules but we have no relationship. And eventually, all the rules that you have, you're going to break them yourself. Isn't, folk will establish rules for other folk to get in line and break them themselves. Because rules minus relationship equals rebellion. I can come up with every rule and make everything mandatory, beat you up in church and tell you, y'all jokers need to show up on time. Y'all jokers need to that ain't going to help. You still going to do you. <laughs> and, and preachers love to say, well, I'm just telling it like it is. No, I, I believe y'all are the righteousness of God. 
Y'all are great. Y'all are doing mighty things for the kingdom of God. I wish you could see the glory over your life. Even though you made some mistakes in your life, guess what? God still loves you. God is still using you. God is still going to work a miracle through your life because I'm going to speak those things that, that be not as though they were. So one rules. It, it, it blows me away. People come to church and especially they leave another church, they have a meeting with me, and they, they want to get engaged, and they talk about all. But first they'll forget, they tell me, all the stuff they used to do at the other church. Oh, my goodness. I just felt like I never got a break. I never got this. I never was able to spend time with my family. Pastor had me there for this, had me there for that, had me, called me to the church. I was there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm always at the church. And then they will say, um, well, what do you need me to do? And I'd be like, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Because it sound like you need a break. <laughs> because in, in the very people who will complain about what they come from, will talk about their pastor was a tyrant, will come in and want to set, want me to have an anniversary and sit me at the head, give me the biggest chair to set me apart from everybody else. Need rules, need. They were looking for a ruler. They wanted to make him king. Jesus saying, I'm the king of glory. Why, why would I reduce myself to this when I'm the king of glory? In other words, his message was too simple for them. It was too simple. You know, some folk, Pastor, you need armor bears. For what? <laughs> Who trying to get me? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> I need the word. Give, give me a word. That's what I need. <laughs> that's what I need. I need some encouragement. That's, that's what I need, some encouragement. Oh, you, need, you need security. Yeah, we all ought to be in here securing this place protecting one another because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We ought to be protecting one another. Folk want to protect the preacher and won't protect the congregation. They're looking for rulers. Want people to, to beat the word into them. And I've learned, I've learned, I, I've, heard those, I've heard those sermons that I walked away and I felt beat up. My God, I, I'm going to be cursed with a curse. My God. You don't do it, you're going to be cursed. What a curse. And I know that's what the Bible says. But can we go to, the, to this part? I'm going to be blessed to such a degree. He says he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. You won't have room enough to receive. In Ephesians, it says you've been blessed with every blessing in the spiritual realm. Every blessing. Oh, that'll make me want to turn... Do some things, yeah, yeah. Sometimes people are looking for preachers and pastors and ministry leaders to be direct. But you can be direct without being disrespectful. But when you become so used to that type of leadership, a person that don't give it to you in that fashion, you don't feel it's anointed. Don't feel it's anointed. 
You can tell the truth without being a tyrant. Jesus is saying, I, I just want a relationship. Not all about what you do. I came to you. As a matter of fact, I came to you. He said he left glory. Came into the earth to seek and save that which was lost and dwelt among men. Verse 29, Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. You want, he, they saying, what works must we do? Jesus said, the work, singular. They want to know the plural works. He says, this one, this one thing you ought to do, just believe in the one who sent me. You don't have to worry about pleasing God when you believe in his son. When you believe in his son and you follow after him, your works will line up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your works will line up. He says, the work of God is this to believe in the one he has sent. Then there's the sensationalist. The sensationalist that, that, that turned away from Jesus. Here, here's what they said, verses 30 through 34. It says, so they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I like this. They said, sir, they said, from, from now on, give us this bread. <laughs> from now on, give, give us this bread. They said, so they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you. He said, oh, it's, he's made it too simple for them. He says, what will you do? They says, what will you do that we might believe? Hold up. Didn't I just heal the sick? Didn't I just raise dead folk? Didn't I just feed the multitude? Did, didn't you see Jairus' daughter get healed? You, you, you've seen this, and now you want more. Never satisfied, never believing. What will you do? In other words, they, they were simply waiting for the next big thing. They're waiting for the next big thing. And it, it happens from church to church. People, you know, will we'll join a church and say, I'm just seeking the word. I'm, I'm just seeking the word. Three months later, they someplace else saying, well, I'm just, I'm just looking for a word, just looking for the next big thing, the, the, the next sound, the next great speaker, the next great interpreter, how, how they interpret it, how they say it differently than the last person that said it. They're, they're looking for sensationalism. Mesmerize me. Do something big, Jesus. Je Jesus wasn't letting them know, really, there's something paramount that's really about to happen. They didn't see the cross. See, they thought the cross was, was defeat, and they didn't know it was victory. See, sometimes the, the simple stuff brings you victory. 
Jesus said that, the, Paul said, the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. The simplicity of the gospel people turn away from because they, they're looking for someone to mesmerize them. They're, they're looking for Houdini. <laughs> they're looking for Superman. And Jesus saying simply, believe. He's turned water into wine. He's healed the sick. He's raised the dead. They said, but that was yesterday, Jesus. I know you fed all them folk, but what you going to do today? What's happening now, today? As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, they reminded Jesus, they said, our people, our forefathers was in the desert for 40 years. They're not thinking about now they was there longer than they had to be. And why? Because they didn't believe God's promises. But they said for 40 years, Moses gave us manna in the desert. In other words, now they're comparing. Jesus, you just fed us yesterday. But Moses, he did it for 40 long years. What you feeding us today? And that's what we begin to do. We begin to compare. And now we got, we got uh, preaching competitions. We have gospel competitions. We, who's going to sing the best? Who's going to preach me the best? Who's going to make me feel better? We want to be mesmerized. And causing a competition in the body of Christ because now they're comparing Jesus. They're minimizing what Jesus has done by comparing it to what Moses did in the wilderness. If anything, I thought Jesus would just let that one slide. But Jesus said, no, I, I got him, let him, let him know this now. I'm, you, you telling me? He says, Moses never gave y'all anything. This the Jesus we don't like, y'all. This, this the part we don't like about Jesus when he confront our stuff. When he tell us that um, um, you've really been seeking me because you got your fill. But I, I really want you to know the right thing to go after. Don't go after this. But now you have the audacity to try to compare what we're doing to somebody else. You have the audacity to try to compare us to a church that's been around 30 years. You have the audacity when you won't show up and you want to complain about what's not being done. You really? Jesus says, I'm, I'm, it's in the text, y'all. I'm, I'm going to give it to you so you can know I'm not making this up. Verse 32, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. That, that sounds like some mama stuff, huh? Boy, I tell you the truth. You go, I tell, let me tell you something. He says, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Sharon had to tell our kids, ain't no Santa Claus broke their heart. <laughs> Your daddy's Santa Claus. <laughs> says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this food. Give us, give us this food. See, see, they're comparing him, and here's, here's what happens. They want inspiration without biblical revelation. 
They want inspiration without biblical revelation. Jesus said, let me put this in context for you. Because you've taken what Moses did through God. And you've accounted it to Moses, but it's my father who did that for you. In other words, they had insatiable appetites for the emotional. They had insatiable appetites for the emotional. And and when your emotions are not stirred, you become wishy-washy and fickle here today and gone tomorrow. Because now he says, eat of the true bread that comes down from heaven. And they said, okay, uh, I'll holler, I'll holler. They threw up deuces, deuces. Get back at me, at me bro. No, I'll holler back, holler back. <laughs> Not today. Can't do that. You're asking for too much. Jesus just simply said, believe in the one who is sent. Can't do that. We should be fed and fueled by the word of God. What is this bread of life? It's the word of God. They're looking for the latest and the greatest, a new sound, a new setting, a new word. And they go from place to place looking. And God says, ah, they didn't know that they're standing in front of manna. (laughs) They're talking to manna. They're talking to the bread of life. Here it is. Sir, from now on, give us this bread. Well, what is that bread? It's the word of God. Say, give us this bread. Stop seeking food that perishes and seek for this bread of life. This is the bread that men live on. Anybody want that bread today? I I want that just like them. They said, said, from now on, give give us this bread. Well, I want to give you that bread. And here it is. Here it is. Here's that bread. It's the bread that man lives by. Matthew 4 and 4 says, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. But from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, man don't live on bread, live on bread, live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, this bread, this manna that comes from heaven through the person of Jesus Christ, you can live on that. Oh yeah, that's life, life abundantly, that's life to the fullest. Matter of fact, Job said it this way, Job Job treasured this food more than the physical food. He said in Job 23, 12, I have not departed from the commands of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my daily bread. David, David, David said, it's more precious than gold or fine food. Ain't nothing like no fine food. I know some folks said, ain't nothing like gold. Somebody just tried to get me in one of those businesses, you know, the gold. Have y'all been approached? About, okay. (laughs) David said in Psalm 19.10, he says, they are more precious than gold. 
than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the honeycomb. He said, that's, that's how precious this word is. This, it's, it's more precious than, than the things that you can eat. It's more precious than gold. Jeremiah 15, 16, he says, your words were found and I ate them. Oh, my God. That's, oh, listen to that metaphor. Your, your words were found and I, I ate them. Mm. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing in my heart. Oh, that's, that's so poetic. He said, your words, your words was to me the joy and rejoicing in my heart, for I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. The word, do, do you want this bread? They said, this, now give us that bread. That, that's the type of bread we're talking about. Here it is. Let me tell you about that bread. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed. All scripture, not some, all his word is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, in, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you want that type of bread, know that the word that comes forth may correct you. It may correct you and say that that relationship you're in is not godly. To train you in righteousness, that you might be built up to do good works. That that word might come to you because it's God-breathed and it's good for. You ought to taste and see that the Lord is good. You ought to taste and see that his word is good. And even when it corrects me, it's not to condemn me, although it may convict me. And conviction is that we might align, realign ourselves to get in the best position for God to bless us. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. It's good for correcting. So it might deal with your relationships. It might deal with the stuff you buy. It might, deal, it might, it might work on you. It might cause you to cut some things away. John 1, 1 through 4, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was, watch this, life. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That's the Word. That's, they said, we want that bread, from now on give us that bread. From now on, give us that bread. Give us the bread that corrects. Give us the bread that's sweeter than a honeycomb. Give us the bread that tells us from Isaiah 43 2, when you pass through the waters. In other words, you're going to go through some storms in life. But he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set ablaze. Fear not, he says, for I am with you. That's good news. That's, that's the bread I want. Oh, that's, that's the bread I want. That's the food that I need to eat. I need to be encouraged in the Lord. That's why Jesus replied. He says, I am the bread of life, and whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. 
Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In other words, get this. Jesus knows the substance of your needs better than you. Jesus knows the substance of your needs better than you. Not only that, the solution to satisfy your needs is found only in the Savior. He knows the substance of your needs better than you. And he knows that the solution for your needs are found in the Savior. So don't settle for cheap substitutes that don't deliver, that don't deliver. And I know I got a witness or two in, the, in here today that know God will provide, that know that God is able to do anything but fail. I, I, I know I got two or three witnesses that know that God will do more than you could ever imagine. So don't spend all your time trying to satisfy your stomachs and leave your soul starving. For Jesus is the source and the sustainer of life. And the bread of life not only sustains, but it, but it energizes, it, it nourishes, and it satisfies the hungry soul. I don't know about you, but I tried him for myself. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is able. Isn't it amazing how distracted they were that they're standing in the midst of the true bread from heaven, the true bread of life, the true manna that God has sent, and they missed it. They missed it. And when you're so distracted by possessions, prestige, and power, You miss real life. You miss real life. It's amazing. I talked to my sister Juanita on yesterday, and she said this has happened to her on several occasions where she had to, to help it, where a child was choking. Just the other day, she, she shared that a child had come. Um, she, she's delivering a child to her mother, and the mother did not even recognize that the child was choking. Because the reality is, many times we're in the hustle and bustle of life that we're so distracted that even when she asked the mother, now, is, are they choking? The mother said, I don't think so. Because I believe in the mother's mind, she just wanted to get to the next thing. She just wanted to get to the next appointment and miss that all those things is choking the life out of us to such a degree we don't pay attention to what's most important. We don't pay attention to the God that has provided for us because we think that we're the ones providing for ourselves and miss the true sustainer and giver of life for he is the way the truth, and the life. And I don't know about you today, but, but I want somebody to try him because I've tasted that the Lord is good. And I've discovered in my life that God can do anything but fail. I've discovered in my life 
that God can pick you up and turn you around and place your feet on a firm foundation. I found out that he is the light of the world and I delight myself in knowing who he is. He's a giver. He's a lover of my soul. He's my redeemer. He's my friend. He will never turn away from me. He's the Lord, my God. My God, my God. He's all that I need. He's all, he's all that I need. He's the lifter of my head. He's the mender of my broken heart. He's all that I need. He's more than enough. He's more than enough. He can do exceedingly and abundantly above all I can ask, think, or imagine. Because he's more than enough. Have you tried him? Have you tasted